also your sly because you do this thing I've noticed with your podcast where like when it starts it's just them talking and then you introduce it later so I'm like when are we are we being recorded right now yes this is gonna end up on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) hello and welcome to table for two podcast my name is Harley food blogger content creator and overeater And I'm surprised I remember how to say this intro because I haven't done it in so long. I came back with a season two episode and then disappeared. I I don't even know where I've been. I mean, I've just been working on the bakery constantly. The smallsizebakery.com, the stall. I'm now in Rockford Market every Saturday, hopefully branching out into other places. I've just been grinding, 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 grinding. And I've been recording episodes, which is the most frustrating part. And now it's just got to the point where like some of the stuff you might hear today is like a little bit out of a date. I think in this, I think we recorded this one in February and we're literally talking about like New Year's diets and things. Some stuff, most of it's not time sensitive and you still get all the good foodie banter and knowledge from Eamon who, who will introduce himself on this episode. But yeah, I do apologise for my hiatus and sporadic podcast dropping i know some of you actually do really look forward to listening to table two which still really blows my mind so i am very sorry that it's been so long but here we are today here's an episode with Eamon. enjoy welcome to table two podcast thank you for having me who are you what do you do uh my name is Eamon, and i work for square meal which is a london restaurant and bar guide um and my official title is news editor but basically i am a restaurant food critic Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> I like to drop that into conversation when someone's like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm just a restaurant critic. I'm just, you know? I'm just, you know, a critic, you know, be, be afraid, be, be very afraid. Um, but yeah, and you're also my friend. I am. Long time as well. Oh, so long, like, so long. I want, I think I met you in year eight, maybe? It was uh, secondary school. So it's been 10 years then. Yeah. And we re- I remember that it took, we met like two or three times and then we realised that we live literally... On the same road. On the same road, and two minutes apart. And I thought you had a dog apart. for like two years. Yes, that was a plant pot. So, yeah. <laughs> you were so discreet when you opened the, first, the front door when I first saw you that I thought you were like trying to not let your dog out. Like you opened the door like just wide enough for your head. So I was like, oh, okay, must have a dog. And he's like, okay, bye. He's like, shut the door. And I was like, oh, okay, bye. He must have a dog. And he like, didn't want me in the house, but it's okay, I understand. Yeah, that's it. I couldn't let the riffraff in, you no. know? <laughs> Well, you got in here eventually. You made it. Here we are. Here we are, <laughs> 10 years later. But, okay, so how did you end up writing about food? Yeah, a lot of people ask me this because it's not it's not sort of the easiest thing to sort of fall into. Yeah, but I did. a lot of people want to just fall into it. Well, yeah, but like that is kind of what happened to me. I did sort of fall into it. So at university, I studied English, literature at the University of Exeter. And when I was there, one of my um, courses was called Humanities in the Workplace, and I had to do, like, a work placement as part of it. So I was completely stuck, didn't know what to do, and looked at the alumni page of, like, people who help out with that. And one of them was for this woman who works for a company called The Handbook. Oh, yeah, I remember you did uh, Yeah, so I went and interned there for, like, two weeks as part of my course. They really liked me, and they invited me back for summer. Um, and part of what they did was restaurant reviews. Yeah. And then Square Meal was one of their competitors, and I sort of learned that Square Mill was a bit of a bigger company, been around for like 30 years. So I was like, okay, I want to go and do an internship there. I applied for that. I went and interviewed for that. And they were like, yep, come in the summer. We'll have you two weeks. Be really good, whatever. And then before I could even get to the internship, I got a call saying that someone had left 
and would I like to apply for their role? So I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm definitely not going to get this. I wasn't out of uni even. So I was like, I'm not going to get this, but I'll give it a go and like see what happens. Went to the interview, was really lucky enough to get it, uh, which was amazing. And started as deputy news editor. I was going to say that was that wasn't this that was like three two positions ago. Yeah, uh, one position ago. Yeah. So oh I, yeah, yeah. You got, yeah, yeah. So I started as deputy news editor, and then in April of 2017, I was promoted to news editor, um, and that's yeah, that's what I do now. So yeah, it's been quite a fast one. It's been I've learned a lot in a very short space of time. Yeah. Because uh, it's not a normal job. It's it's. But then quite it's niche. like even though it's niche and it's it's. I don't, I mean, it doesn't fall into the creative field, but I mean, it's something that your degree could have not left you, lent you to, Yeah. but it was super valuable that you did it. Like, yeah, I, suppose people, sure. I think people think that working in food, like in any aspect is like creative and it's like, no, you still have to know how to write. Like, this is the thing. A lot of people <laughs> like, don't know how to write. Yeah. A lot of people don't know how to write. Yeah. And that's the downfall of not only a lot of like, obviously reviewers, but like a lot mm. of cookbooks. 100%. Like, a yeah. lot of cookbooks, you can tell that they don't know how to write. Like, yeah. And that, I think that's the thing I like about blogger cookbook, cook, cookbooks mm-hmm. is that bloggers have been writing blog posts. Yeah. But they generally know how to describe their food. Uh-huh. And they're not just like, when influencers write a cookbook and it's just like, they're only used to writing 25 characters on an Instagram post. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> really be nice a bit more taco, detailed. Yeah. taco Tuesday. Yeah. Whereas that, I think that's like, a lot of people think they're just food industry in general you're creative. Yeah. And I think the thing is as well, like I always say to people that writing the actual restaurant reviews is by far the hardest part of my job. Yeah. And And yours are so like, square mill ones are so like concise. Yeah. They're like 150, 250 words max. So you've got to get a lot in that. You've got to get decor, ambience, service, pricing, location, like, what the food's like, obviously, what yeah. the drinks are like. So you have to get a lot into that. So it's been like and a the big price, learning the curve. pricing is awesome. Not like the actual price, but like you we meant talk we talk about, about, about price, it. Yeah. yeah, we talk about the price. And some some publications choose not to because they they you know are going for an affluent crowd. Yeah, and we are too, but we think it's a bit silly to not say whether something's good value for money or not. Yeah, value for money, definitely. Exactly. Or but you I can think... say like if you say something's like. I mean, certain things as well have like an average price, for example. Yes. So if you say it's expensive for rice or it's yes. expensive for asparagus. Like when we went like... to a certain restaurant that charged £10 for a bowl of oh, rice. Yeah, but we, we won't mention we any won't names. We won't mention any names. <laughs> for the sake of that, you're on the podcast, but as in other people. I'll mention it on the next episode and everyone can just listen back. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's like, I think, interesting story. Like, I've had foodies on here, mm-hmm. but I suppose you're coming, you're the first person to come at it from the angle that you are. Um, yeah. What's, what, what, what do you want to do next, though? I don't really know. I really, really enjoy what I do. Like, I love it. Yeah. The thing is, obviously, journalism in general is a yeah. it's a risky business. <laughs> it's, it's sort of contracting rather than expanding at the minute. But um, I do love it. And so, I like, my ideal position would be to be someone like Grace Den, Giles Coren, Kat Moran maybe <laughs> um those like sort of be someone who has a following uh, and writes for various different places i'd like yeah. to expand Free my remit yeah, yeah upon food like i do love writing about food but i would like to do more kind of opinion pieces as well yeah. more lifestyle stuff um but yeah in general like i mean like it's a pretty good life like i can't really complain like i go out to eat two to four times a week like at really nice places yeah like it's not the worst deal it is stressful and it is work and i have to convince people of that that i do do a real job honestly uh, yeah honestly <laughs> it's like my dick my mom comes home and she's like so what did you do today i'm like a lot yeah actually yeah thank you yeah and people forget as well i think that 
sometimes, I know it sounds like a really first world problem, but it's like sometimes, you know, you don't want to go out, but you've got to go and put yeah. your best face on. A lot of the time I'm going to dinners for press events, meeting people I've say, never met before. We've been, to, we've been to dinners together, like you've taken me along and we've met yeah. like the PR and it's like, oh my God, hi. Yes, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh my God, hi. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, like, you, you have to be very switched on. And I meet like new people probably every day. Yeah. And some people aren't into that. Like I quite people person I like meeting new people but it is exhausting and it's a lot to remember who you can say what to and who you're not supposed to talk about that to and like it's a a lot to to juggle at once navigate this food industry indeed and what an industry it is I know and you're you're in the right place to discuss it here on the table podcast (laughs) right let's get into the structure of this podcast right this is only the second episode with this kind of new amended format so yeah so I listened to a few of these to prepare no, you, you're And now you've switched up Your listening me. was not in vain. You should have been listening anyway. Well, yeah, I was for my enjoyment <sighs> as well, you know. But, yeah, we've switched up a little bit. So for any new listeners on this episode as well, we have a menu structure to the main section of the podcast. Mm-hmm. There'll be starters, main courses and desserts. And what I was doing before was just making up the food. But now I'm actually going to give you the visual accompaniment for the food so that you right. can see what you're picking from because sometimes it's like stuff doesn't sound as appealing as it should yeah or it looks way better on you and you know in your rush yeah you know like when you see something go past you and you're like i want that yeah like whatever that's happened to me visual, many a time like you eat with your eyes you do it's like 70 percent of taste or yeah. something is from the site so like so we're gonna do this visually and it's a bit slower than that i've like find the correct clippings but um <laughs> i've got four printed recipes today and i've got yeah. two that i've got from online and then every well your choice depending on your choice okay. there'll be a topic associated to that okay um the starters will be quick fire questions so get oh, your thinking caps on lord okay <laughs> so for starters your options are a butternut squash coconut and ginger soup which is from issue one of Feast, Ooh. which is the Guardian's new food supplement. Yeah, I haven't actually had a chat today. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah, and there's the, soup that there's the soup that you're after. Nice. Or okay. your second option is from the BBC Good Food 2017 food calendar, which is sesame miso picnic eggs. Ooh, okay. <laughs> See, now he's now he's looking at the pictures. Yeah, I'm trying to work this out. Let me read you the byline. Because so, that looks like a scotch egg. That's yeah, what I these vegetarian was. scotch eggs are fantastic finger food for summer outings and will keep for a few days in the fridge. Eggs, oil, onions, carrots, coriander, cumin, gr- whole wholemeal breadcrumbs, white miso, sesame seeds, done in sesame oil with fresh coriander. That does sound really good, but you know what? It's January. It's, it's cold. It's true. This is from the August like, section of the menu. Right. So <laughs> okay. here we go. Like, I feel like in winter I've got to go with some soup. Okay. And that sounds like a good soup. Butternut squash is the perfect texture for it as well. And it looks really good. Yeah, it looks And this really recipe tasty. is actually from a book which is Caravan Dining All Day by Laura Harper Hinton, Miles Kirby and Christian. Oh, that's Amman. Caravan Restaurant. Restaurant. But they've uh, got a book out yes, now. Yes, they do, yeah. I've been to Caravan the restaurant. Yeah. Have, wait, have I? Yeah, I have. I've been to Caravan and I've been to Canteen. Canteen was literally just like the blandest food I've ever experienced in my entire oh, life. I've never been to either. I don't bother. I got like, right. I literally got bangers and mash. And you know when you order bangers and mash and you think it's going to be more than bangers and mash because it's called yeah. bangers and mash. You're like... Surely they wouldn't call it bangers and mash and actually just serve me bangers and mash. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was I wrong? I got literally like two wall sausages oh, and no. a pile of potato and I was like... Did you get like any gravy or anything? I think there was gravy, like, I think it was like around the potato. Which I, was like... And there was the, like, black, like seasoning, There was not one herbs, herb in no. that sausage. It was, it was literally wow. like a raw pork sausage. You could have gone to like the cafe down the road. I could have, yeah. 
not the one. Anyway, so yeah, you've gone for the butternut, squash, coconut and pickled ginger soup. Yes. I'm freaking out about my quick fire questions. <laughs> I've got to get my head in the game right now. Right. Okay. So we had a conversation the other day. Did we? <laughs> <laughs> You're looking a bit shooketh. Yeah. So Eamon, Don't I, violate my NDAs now. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna play the race card with you. So Ooh. Eamon texted me the other day. He was out with another unnamed right. black friend. Yeah. <laughs> I claim that Eamon only has one black friend and it's me, but he does have a couple others. And I he do, said, I really do. He texted me and was like, oh my God, Harley, do black people not eat runny eggs? And I was like, <laughs> of course we don't. What kind of nonsense is that? Like anyone who eat black people that eat runny eggs are the kind of black people that eat rare steak. Okay. And I'm not saying there's anything oh about God. those people. But I'm just saying, there's there are certain type of people. What's so funny is the girl I was out with who wouldn't eat the runny egg at another restaurant with her before I had to stop her ordering her steak well done because I was like, that's not okay. And she was like, what do you mean? She's like, it's the only Listen, way to eat Listen, it's steak. the way black people divide, okay? So if you do eat runny eggs, then you'll eat rare steak. But right. if you do not eat runny eggs and you want your steak blacker than black, okay? <laughs> that's just how the pe- that's how the cookie crumbles. And just for the listeners' the benefit, I put up a Snapchat story of this. And I had maybe two or three of my friends who are black uh, messaging me being like, oh my God, yes, we do not eat. We do not eat. I had no idea. So I grew up obviously in Good Maze, quite a diverse area, went (laughs) to school, like with loads of people from all walks of life. And you thought I was quite clued up on everything and I had no idea about that. Never come across that in my life before. Well, now you know. So one of your quick fire questions is, Right. What's your favourite way to have your eggs? I love a good scrambled egg I do like it with like like pepper and like a nice bit of have you had the scrambled eggs at Granger and Co no I'm not a massive breakfast person to be honest like to go out for breakfast I'm not good at that Mm. just because I'm always asleep (laughs) (laughs) okay restaurant pet peeve Oh, I have so many. I'd say my biggest one in London is tiny tables. Yeah. And then, because everything now is obviously sharing concepts and small plates. So why do you give me a table that is the size of a coffee table <laughs> and then you put 12 plates on it? And All I watch the waitress. People. Yeah, and I watch the waiter of the waitress try and do Tetris with the table <laughs> and move all this stuff around and like take the candle off and then move the wine glasses. And I'm like, just give us a bigger bloody table and this would all have been fine. <laughs> I understand. You know my restaurant pet peeve is wooden toilet seats. Yes. We know that, right? Last night, the place I went to, the toilets were insane. It was all mirrored, like beautiful. And then I went into the cubicle and it had a wooden wooden seat. And I was like, Harley would not be down for this. Why do people, why do restaurants keep putting wooden toilet seats in wooden restaurants? If I go to like an old restaurant or like a pub, like a country pub or whatever, I'm like, okay, I expect a wooden toilet seat to be there. If I go to someone's house, okay, there may be a wooden toilet seat. But in a public place, in this here hygiene... (laughs) and safety in the year of god 2018 why are we still fitting wooden toilet seats in public places i I agree my head i just can't fathom i agree and a restaurant of all places i mean the toilets are going to get pretty active so Mm -hmm. that's true another thing actually that i really do hate and it's quite controversial but i hate the reinvention of water like i don't (laughs) want cucumbers in my water I don't want mint in my water. I love that. I don't want sparkling water. My favourite garnish in water. I love sparkling water. If I'm with someone and they order sparkling Me. water, I do judge them. Yeah, I've judged you before <laughs> for it. <laughs> like, what is wrong with just still, normal, no. natural water? My favourite garnish in water is pomegranate seeds. Oh my God. <laughs> and mint. I could not be pomegranate friends with you anymore. Pomegranate seeds and mint are like my favourite water no, garnish. No, it's like, water is like literally the most natural thing on earth. Why tamper with it? Just, just leave add it natural be. things. No. I don't understand people who drink squash like, like, like it's a drink. Yeah, I know what you mean. 
Yeah. But I just don't like, I just, it's just like, just give like me my sh- water. That's all I want. <laughs> I don't need all this infused stuff in it and telling me how it's good for my antioxidants or whatever. <laughs> like, it's all a lie. <laughs> just give me water from a spring and we're all good. <laughs> okay, you're king or queen of social media? For like food or in general? In general. Uh, I would say probably Kim K. Like, Kimberly Noel West. Yeah. <laughs> she does pretty well at what she does, let's be real. If you could get behind the scenes at one restaurant, what would it be? Ooh. Or where would it be, should I say? You know what? I would actually like to go behind the scenes at Sexy Fish. Not because I did not enjoy it when I went. It's so overrated and it's terrible. Sushi, right? Uh, yeah, it's Pan, Pan Asian. And I think they have one in LA. Do they? I think I think so. Oh, I didn't know that. But yeah, it's from Caprice who own the Ivy and all of those. Ah. Holdings, and it's just wanky, basically. <laughs> but the reason I would want to go behind the scenes is because I want to see what people demand there. Because everyone in there is like Euro trash and minor roles and like all of that. And it's just next level. I went with uh, my friend Ashley and we ate like I think seven or eight courses. Mm. We both left hungry. They were tiny. <laughs> and I, I don't... Is it a restaurant where you can see the kitchen? No, oh, even and better. I'm teetotal, so I wasn't drinking, and Ashley had like, um, I think two cocktails, and we were paying, like it would have been close to £200, and it was just like not worth it at all for that, and that's one of the most like hyped up places. See, so that's such went, a good reason like, to like want to go behind the scenes. Me, I'd want to go behind the scenes and like see how like dirty is. I really want to go behind the scenes at Nando's. Did you read today about the Liverpool brunch? No. There's a Liverpool brunch that had to shut down for like a few days because they found... I don't know, I can't remember what the word used, but it was like basically oh, super high me. levels of rat infestation. Oh, don't. I've also had several... I'm scum anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've also had several restaurant insiders tell me that Soho would be entirely shut down if the food standards agency... What, as in like the whole area? The whole restaurant scene in Soho would be shut down if they actually implemented their practices because it's all, there's rats everywhere. And to be fair, like rats are, it sounds terrible to say, but rats are somewhat to be expected with a restaurant. There's a lot of food waste around. It's going to happen. Yeah. But uh, obviously, Proper management you don't want of your waste system. Yeah, stuff, you yeah. don't want them to be on the food. Yeah. Like there's always going to be a few kicking around outside. It's London. But I you just like, don't went, need them to get near the food. I went to a little, like a little, I think it's Vietnamese place in Dalston on a lunch break once. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I walked in, I'd ordered my food and I was just waiting to take away. And Environmental Health walked in <laughs> and literally said to the girl, and said to the, like, the woman at the counter, like, um, so I don't know, he mumbled it at first. So he was obviously trying to keep it discreet. Yeah. But the woman didn't understand what he said, like, just, like, language barrier. So then her daughter's come along now and was like, hi, excuse me, how can I help? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, um, I'm here about the rats. And I was like... Oh. <laughs> You're like, I need to go and then, like, now. she quickly, like, grabbed him and they obviously had a basement I couldn't see and, like, took him downstairs and I was like, oh, my God, do I eat this? I'm yeah. Like, I've already paid for it. Like what, yeah. what can I, like, what can I do? This is the thing, though. I do really think if I went into a lot of the kitchens of the places that I eat I eat at, even if they are high-end places, like, I do feel like I would be put off mortified what they do just because it's a business like you're making food stuff is going to get dropped on the floor it's going to be dirty it's a hectic environment like things are going to happen so it's sort of best just leave it behind the curtain (laughs) okay let's move on to mains let's (laughs) so for main courses you have two options now when i eat out with you sometimes you keep it veggie yep you keep it veggie quite a lot. And I already know you're going to reject all of my options because when I showed you the picture already, you said no. Okay. But your two options are a butternut squash risotto with crispy sage and pancetta, which was the picture I said. Oh, you. that was the picture. Yes. Okay. Butternut squash risotto with 
crispy sage and pancetta. That is from um, the website Good to Know. It and actually your... sounds better than it looks. That's the thing one. with them also, though, because it just looks yeah. like stodge until you like, probably know what's going on. This is true. And then your second option... It's quite option... like a luminous risotto as well. It's quite bright. I don't think I've ever seen risotto that bright before. Oh, it's more... I don't know. But your other option, which I think you're probably going to go for, uh-huh. is from Stylist Magazine, issue 399, which was actually January... How did they do this weekly? So it's 17. That must have been the third week of January's offering. And it's a katsu tofu burger. Ooh. And you can see that there on the Interesting. far left side. I do love a burger, oh, to be fair. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I do really like a burger. I was thinking you could have that with sweet potato fries because it's vegan and that's what vegans eat. Yeah. I love that you're making me sound like I'm a vegan. I'm the complete opposite. No, but when we eat out, <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, your, your excuse is usually just like, yeah, well, I think food is a bit more interesting. Yeah, well, I think because I eat out so much as well, it's like, obviously, I try where I can eat vegetables, to yeah. eat vegetables and eat good stuff. Uh, but yeah, obviously, like, a lot of the time I am also eating terribly as well. So <laughs> let's not give people a misconception. Which <laughs> choice? Um, I'm, yeah, I'd probably go for the burger, to be honest. Just because, like, I'm not a massive fan of pork. Of bacon. Okay. And I don't really... The thing is, I'm not like... And this might be my controversial opinion, but I, I don't dislike bacon. I will eat bacon. But I just don't, like, mess with it like everybody else seems to. <laughs> Every, like, you, you know, know all those bacon horrible, like Yeah, and you know all those horrible tasty videos where it's like <laughs> bacon stuffed pizza roll... <laughs> cinnamon dough like it's like what like it's, doing it's the most. too much yeah doing the most. that is the definition of doing the most and i'm just like i don't need that much bacon in my life no i don't wake up like the idea of a fry up first thing in the morning makes me feel a bit ill not gonna lie but like i just don't mess with that okay all. the main course topic if that wasn't it is what is your unpopular food opinion oh there you go <laughs> and i want a different one now i want another one i've got a few you've got a few i um, mean sparkling water being from the devil is one of them yeah that's one for sure <laughs> The bacon thing is more just like, just the extent of it. I think it's almost become a parody of itself where people are like, but do you not think like on Facebook and stuff, it's like, it's sort of like this thing that you just have to love bacon more than life. I don't understand why. Bacon and pizza. Yeah. Pizza though, I do love. I think if I had to, if I was told I could only eat one type of food for the rest of my life, I would probably pick pizza or pasta just because both of them are so versatile. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can have thick cut dough or thin crust, or you can do, like, different toppings. You can bacon do stuffed cinnamon roll Bacon stuffed dough. crust, even. Yeah, all sorts going on there. Um, unpopular food opinions. I don't really mess with avocado that much, either. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> what kind of millennial are you? What I, kind of white middle-class millennial it. are you? Tell me about it. I'm failing my people. But, you know what? Again, I will have it. I've had avocado on toast in restaurants. It's all good. Have you had but, avocado fries? No. I had those in Thailand at some vegan Ooh, restaurant. That's it's like, iconic. but you have to, you have to use unwrapped avocado to, so that it's firm or else uh, when you fry it, it just turns into smush. Right. Yeah. So it's like using the avocado at all stages of its life. You know, these vegans are just trying to like monopolize the, the mm-hmm. avocado from its seed all the way up to when it's gone off. <laughs> but, um, avocado. See, to me, avocado is a weird one because the whole like superfood gentrification of avocado. That's what I mean. That's what I'm not so keen on. But that didn't happen for me because I'm Jamaican. You've always been eating avocado my whole life. Yeah. Like, we eat about, uh, I say we eat in my house about eight avocados a week. Wowzers. Like, my dad will eat one a day. (laughs) That is mad. Like, a whole avocado to himself. (laughs) Every single day. That's great. Like, just by itself? Yeah. Well, no, like, with dinner. Right. But, like, 
Interesting. And like when people, I mean, I don't want to sound like a freak, but like you can just take an avocado out as well. Like you can take an apple, you can take an avocado. Yeah, that's like, true. I used to just take an avocado to work some days. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just cut it open, sprinkle some salt on it. Yeah. And eat it. I think my thing is just more, I just don't want to sit with any other like basic girl in a cafe going, oh my God, they do other on toes. Like I can't <laughs> do that anymore. It's just too much. Give me a runny egg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think as well with avocado, like, also putting it in desserts now like See, and i get it because it's it. creamy like i do understand yeah. it but the whole thing of let's make this avocado is another one of my cream. biggest pet peeves of life and you don't really see it in restaurants because it hasn't really hit restaurants yet but you see it a lot on instagram is people who make carrot brownies and lettuce cupcakes and whatever <laughs> and i'm like sweet potato is not a brownie i have to disagree with you it's not Sweet potato is great and it can be eaten in a sweet fashion like candy yams, all of that. But See, it's certain not... things I can like, the lines I can cross. Avocado. Please take like cabbage cupcakes and no, lettuce no, no, cakes. No, 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 that's like, all wrong. Watercress cakes, it's not As long wrong. as the thing is still the thing. So like, like say for example, on the previous episode with Maria, we talk about this Marks and Spencer's, our, our after dinner tea was about the cauliflower steak. Right, yes, so yeah, So say yeah. for example, that it's not steak anymore, so it doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah. However, like the things that I can bake with that work are carrot, because like things that just add moisture, especially for vegan products, courgette, which sounds weird. In cake? In like something Ooh. that's like wet, something brownie, like a brownie mix, something not in like a dry cake, you'd see it, but like yeah, something that's yeah. gonna absorb like the wetness of the chocolate and the butter. Courgette, carrot, and sweet potato, they actually do work. But, and the avocado works in like this kind of moussey, like cheesecakey type of all Yeah, I've seen it in a lot of chocolate. But yeah, mousses. I'm not here for lettuce cupcakes and yeah. cabbage. Did you see rolls. the girl who, that influencer who did the KFC burger, but it was made of like the buns yeah, of cauliflower? Yeah, but wasn't that their advertising campaign? Oh, was it a trick? I think it was their campaign and it was like the clean burger. Yeah, but no, yeah, no one could work out whether it was real or fake. No, because if you watch the whole advert, like uh-huh. I think what they were doing was sharing like the social version was like 30 seconds. Yeah. But on the full TV version at the end when she goes, clean burger, a KFC sign drops in front of her face. Oh. And it's like the new dirty zinger burger or something. Oh. So it's like taking the piss out of it. Right. But that's but how social, far we've gone. Yeah. That I social, did not think that was a joke. The, like the snippet bit to be like, lol, as if you wouldn't go just go KFC. Like, right. It, like, do you know what I mean? But yeah, on the yeah, full yeah. TV version at the end, she, like, she's like presenting her lettuce burger. <laughs> it was a cauliflower, it was a cauliflower bun. And this massive like KFC sign just cups comes between her and right. the bun. But that's what I mean. That's like the level we're at now that I didn't think that was a joke. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> fair enough. I'm sure someone's made it. Like, whatever. I, the thing I don't like, I know it's my podcast, but I'm sharing my unpopular opinion. Do it. Is, you know, they keep like making black things, like black food, so like charcoal buns, like yes. black burgers. Black ice cream is like another thing. Black ice cream. Charcoal it's ice like cream. Charcoal, it's like coconut sesame charcoal. ice cream. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I'm against blue food as well. Like, I don't like blue food. What do you mean by blue food? Like, when stuff's being food coloured blue. I don't think I... Is that a thing? Yeah, like, just in general, like, blue ice... Like, bubblegum ice cream. Oh, okay. do blue food. Yeah, I feel you. And I think blue food colouring is apparently the worst because there's no natural derivative. Like, Mm. things aren't blue. So then when you make blue food colouring, you're literally, like, making blue and then putting it in. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, blue food freaks me out. The black food, black food and blue food. The black food thing is is a bit weird. Like, and the charcoal bun is sort of, like, a big thing at the minute. And I'm just like, it doesn't really add anything. I've had them, I've eaten them, and it's like, it doesn't really add much to the taste. You want to make it dry. It does make it quite dry, yeah. I had it with a, it was a chicken katsu burger and a charcoal bun. Yeah, I see, yeah. Yeah, and it was... 
and I was like, this burger's good, but the bun just doesn't add anything. Like, it doesn't make any difference. It just It's just dry and ashy and not nice. No, I'm not here for no, it. No to charcoal buns, guys. No, no, no charcoal buns and no to... Avocado. Yeah, no to, yeah, like, avocado. desserts that should be, like, kept as desserts. Yeah. Let's not put loads of vegetables in our desserts, guys. I'm really just starting eating vegetables. Anyway, <laughs> dessert. Let's move on to dessert. I love... Dessert is my favourite thing. I love so it. So, I got you... I got you a really bougie dessert and I don't even know how to pronounce it right so, I might not know either <laughs> this is from Foodism Foodism magazine which oh, is one foodism. of my favourites it's not very um, <laughs> it's going to sound stupid but it's not actually very food filled as in like it isn't yeah if they have a lot of like drink stuff they have a lot of editorial like on like and their editorial is more like we met the places. guys who make this yeah, fish in Canada thing, and then whatever. we talk to them yeah I'm like I want to yeah. hear about the fish um, but I still do grab it whenever I can. It comes out monthly at Zone One stations, which unfortunately I don't work at anymore. So I don't know when I'm next gonna get one. Do you and want me to look for one for so, you? Yeah, and get like when I used to bring you copies of Stylist. I still need those. <laughs> and there's so much advertising in here, but I suppose that's what you get when you're getting a free magazine. Yeah, like, it has exactly. to pay for itself. Yeah. So this episode they talk about um, Dishuman here as well, actually, which is one of my favourites, and I can see the mm. big Bombay breakfast right here, which I absolutely love. But the recipe they it has it does every um every issue does feature recipes and this is by martin morales oh yeah yeah from um oh he's peruvian and he's and dina and dina that's yeah. it they do really good coconut pancakes there oh there we go but the dessert option here okay i'm gonna i'm gonna try and say it and then i'm gonna spell it okay so i think it's shrukala de oxapampa Okay. So it's S H T R U K A L A D E and then O X A P A M P A. You literally just read the entire alphabet. Oxidamba. <laughs> like- <laughs> anyway, so um, a dessert done the Peruvian way with banana, plantain, and rich caramel sauce made with sugarcane based chancaca soup. See, it's so bougie, I don't even know how to say it. But anyway, I you love- can see it. And it basically looks like banoffee pie and it looks insane and it's so caramelly and it's got. Planting, I can imagine, is better as well. Cause yeah, I love planting in dessert, actually. Which goes against my unpopular opinion, but, opinion, you know. But we're here for it. <laughs> and then the other option is the picture that I sent you, which is hibiscus strawberry curd tarts with topped with meringue, which is a recipe from um, a food blogger called Sarah at Snixie Kitchen. Mm-hmm. So... They do look... The tarts look really, like, really vibrant... Good. Hibiscus nice. strawberry curd tarts with meringue, and it's got like a little lime lime thing going on. Or you can go for your what I'm just gonna call oxapampa bananas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know what? Like the tarts do look good, but I'm someone who, if I'm gonna have a dessert, like I want to go all out, have something indulgent, mm. filling, nice after your ten course meal. Exactly. You yeah. know, there's always a little more room for dessert, so I'm gonna go for the oxapampa. <laughs> I will find out how we'll, we'll call it the Peruvian banoffee pie yeah That's exactly go and it for. sounds so good and the recipe sounds is amazing. in Foodism magazine but I'm gonna try when I share it I'll see I imagine their recipes are online Foodism does keep recipes on the website so if I can find it I'll share it if not, I'll just take a picture yeah Um. but yeah so good looks so good Um. okay so <clears throat> for dessert using your vast Knowledge, insider knowledge oh, of the Lordy. food world. Okay. What do you think is the next like food thing to blow? What do we? What should we like watch out is coming? Like, oh my god, stay away from. And what is like? Cannot wait for this thing to come to London or this opening or this like. 
trend? I would say it's something obviously that has been around for a while, but I do really think that the vegan thing is going to like absolutely explode this year. And I think it did, it did last year to an extent, yeah. but this year I think vegan junk food is going to become this a major thing. See, so, I'm so confused because I feel like all the vegan food, all the vegan food, like I've seen anyway, has been vegan junk food. Like, I did 30 day vegan and literally like in Shoreditch I was going to like a vegan burger place every day and getting like an onion bhaji burger. Right. And like... So this is the thing, Shoreditch is actually the hub, unsurprisingly, of, of where that's all food. coming around. So veganism in sort of the top tier restaurants at the minute is very much like Jay Stafford, for example, at um, Pond Street Social has a vegan tasting menu. And so places like that where it's kind of like new and interesting ways of doing vegan food. Whereas now I think the trend will be more about let's do vegan burgers and vegan milkshakes and vegan cookies and so it's sort of moving away from that whole clean eating thing somewhat yeah because that's obviously been sort of dirtied uh, by yeah. all the exposure on it and all the documentaries all that so now they want to sort of say look you can have indulgent stuff that's also vegan yeah so gizzy erskine has opened up at the tate modern with her with rosemary um ferguson yeah. i think her name what was gizzy doing the other day uh, she's, she's opening a, a permanent restaurant as well she's now on a podcast recently i think she's, i think oh, was she with emma gannon can't remember now, but yeah, I heard, I heard so, it. Yeah, so she's opened a place called Pure Filth, and it's um, which is quite a good name, I think, actually. And it's basically like vegan burgers, vegan milkshakes, vegan fries, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then there's also the Verga Co, which is a v- vegan burger place that's Seamless popped place. up yeah, around various yeah. Uh, restaurants, and now it's opening its own site in Shoreditch. Surprise, surprise. And that's going to be a permanent site there. Also, Twisted Food. Yeah. Um, the... Twisted uh, Facebook mm-hmm. online channel. They're a jungle creations brand, I believe. Um, launched their first, like, they, they only do delivery. It's not a restaurant, but they do their delivery. And one of their brands is Bosch. So Bosch is the vegan version of Tasty, basically. It tastes like those uh, videos. Yes. The Bosch is the vegan one. And they've just launched Cookbook. But again, a lot of their food is that, like, what you would imagine to be bacon stuffed, cinnamon roll, crusted chicken yes. breasts. But it's, like, vegan-fied. So I watched one today and it was, like, the most amazing pulled pork And it's Jack burgers. Fruit. No, it was, uh, like... You know mushrooms with really thick stem? There's like thick stem mushrooms. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's like they, they literally like took a fork to the stem, the trunk bit, uh-huh. and like pulled that, like shredded that. Oh. So it was like the top... They, I mean, I think they used the whole mushroom, but in general they were making like burgers and they're making like fries, they're making like lasagna, and they're making like indulgent yeah. carby food, which, yeah, I mean... But then it's like... What you just said, especially like this pure filth thing, have we not just gone full cycle and now we're calling it like, uh, the only indulgent food is dirty? That's what I mean. Like, it's it's a different one. It's something I'm a bit wary of because I think it's great to have vegan alternatives to sort of quote unquote unhealthy food, yeah. but you have to be careful about. I don't know. I'm just a bit like, if I want to go and eat a fuck off burger, I'm gonna go and do that. Yeah. Like, and I feel like if I have a vegan vegan one one day, like, fair enough. But I don't know. I think you gotta be careful of it, like replacing people's desire to just eat badly for a day or for yeah. a meal and sort of have a treat and be okay with it. Or like defining what people say is bad. Like some exactly. people's vegan like, diet just due to like, like a lot of people, I suppose, as well in the trend, have gone vegan without really like being able to fully nourish themselves so yeah. their vegan diet is mainly pasta tomato sauce like a couple of veggies mm. it's definitely something and stuff that, like that so in terms yeah. of now if they're saying that pasta and like just the basics that kind of food is junk and that yeah. person's gonna look at themselves and be like oh my god i'm not even healthy i thought i was vegan and i was healthy and now you're telling me that this is like pure filth food like eating a eating a, a exactly. burger because all they can eat because they can't cook is 
the corn burgers and they're having yes. a great time but now they're like oh no burgers are the dirty vegan food and I thought do you know what I mean it's just like totally yeah people eat man yeah I think it's just about attaching emotion to food obviously is a big thing that people talk about before and just things like yeah sort of being like saying things like oh this is the indulgent treat or this is the whatever yeah. like you've got to be careful of that but um, yeah, I think vegan junk food will be like a big thing this year. Yeah. I think in terms of sort of restaurant trends, I think a good thing is that the independents are going to be doing a bit better and chains Amen. are struggling. Yeah. Amen. Small bakery. So, <laughs> so um, like obviously Jamie's Italian just announced 12 closures. 12, yeah. Byron is, is soon to announce Jamie a bunch Oliver's of closures. Done. Jamie Oliver's Italian like, is terrible. And not Jamie's Italian is absolutely awful. Awful. The only good thing that I've done at Jamie's Italian was a birthday present I did two years ago, which is at their Westfield London branch. They have the cookery school at the back. So mm-hmm. I did a pasta class there, which was actually really good because Jamie Oliver didn't bloody teach it. <laughs> so, like, I just, as far as I was concerned, I was just learning how to make pasta from an Italian. Yeah, that's cool. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Which is, like, a great thing. But, yeah, Jamie Oliver. And he just, bloody Christmas book. I talked about it on the last podcast, but this five-ingredient book for people that can't cook and it's just like number one bestseller and I'm just like after that Joe Wicks with bloody yeah body coach 15 the midget trees <laughs> oh god man what is going on but yeah like kind of restaurants like um there's a guy called Tom Brown who's opening a place called Cornerstone in Hackney Wick mm. and he was ex um outlaws at the Capitol, and so he's gonna be opening his own place have we not run out of real estate in Hackney yet I mean, it's a miracle. <laughs> this like, is the thing that I always... Are they always, putting um, restaurants on top of restaurants now? Probably. Pop Brixton style. It's all just yeah. loading on top of whatever. I'm surprised we haven't run out of space in Shoreditch yet. I always think this. But the thing is as well, I think what people forget is although I look and I'm like, oh my God, 250 restaurants open in London this year, half of those will be closed the next year. Mm. Like 50% of restaurants close within the first year. It's yeah. a very, very, ta- like, uh, what's the word, risky business. Yeah. So you've got to be careful, you know? Gotta your, do your market research. Yeah, yeah. that's but that's the thing about putting things that when you get bricks when you get bricks and mortar, that's that's when you really yeah. like things are For real. For real. Yeah. And then like, you have someone like me come in and give you a bad review and then it's it's all over for you, you know? Honestly. <laughs> I just started watching Friends. I just thought I should tell everyone because I've never watched it this before. This is so weird but, to me as okay. a Caucasian person that you have never watched well, Friends before. It's a really big deal that I just started watching Friends, guys. And I think I started in season four for some reason, but it doesn't matter. So the one I was watching is when, uh, is it Monica? Monica, yeah. Monica oh is working at the Italian restaurant. Yeah, and then she's the a cri- chef. Yeah, but then, no, but the critic comes. The weird one. Yeah, so the yes. critic comes to her flat and like tries to say like, how dare you write this about her and then he gives her the job. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah and I was yeah. like, oh, that is so amen. Like, I wonder if he's going to write a bad review and then someone's going to be like, come and do better and then he's going to get there and he can't cook. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. I'm definitely not going to become a chef. I was born to eat food, not What was that it. tweet the other day that triggered you where it's like, all these foods with opinions and they can't even cook? Oh, yeah. it was some, Someone tweeted like, don't trust a foodie, foodie that can't, can't cook. cook or something. Yeah. And I was like, look, I'm not, I'm not here to make Trigger. the food. I'm here to tell you if it's good. <laughs> well, okay. Mama always said, if you ain't got nothing good to say, can't do it better, then shut the hell up. Then don't say nothing at all. This is another thing. The other week, so I don't know if you saw Faye Mashler, who is the Evening Standard food critic, for anyone that doesn't know. She's doing it for like 45 years. She's like in her 70s, been around for ages. She went to a place called The Drunken Butler and gave a a lukewarm review. Like it wasn't savage, but it wasn't great. The chef posted on his website this all in capital letters, this huge long rant saying all these things she'd got wrong, supposedly, and also basically implying that she was an alcoholic Oh, this is the times. thing I tried to see and then it was deleted. Yes, it was deleted, yeah. So what happened? So, so what, what the link that you posted, he, what was his response? Yes, yeah, so that was his response, but he took it down after two hours. 
And I, so basically he posted this big rant and obviously in the restaurant world it caused quite a stir. And um, basically just saying how she drank two bottles of wine and she got all this stuff wrong and all of this stuff. Obviously all of this is allegedly, I don't know if it's true mm. or not. And then I was going to review that restaurant the next day and I was there like, oh my God, I'm going to go review with this guy who's just tarnished one of the like biggest names in the industry. And yeah. I was like, what if I go and he like screams at me or something? <laughs> what if you genuinely hate it and then he's like, exactly that, like if you genuine like she could we don't was it good well i went and there was some really interesting things going on but it wasn't perfect there needed some fine tuning for sure and that's basically what um she said in her review so i basically sort of emulated that in mine uh we currently have a <laughs> disco oh, oh, the oh, light in my living room has just started flickering you oh it's be... got that was that's the ghost the ghost of that of, chef of that chef he's coming to get me tonight that's why the light and then is figuring. the job i'm so excited that i've started friends it's really good it's so good it's worth it the 10 se- and it doesn't really have a dud season it's something you can watch let me turn this down it's something you can watch like time you and time be again able to reach. um so it's like something that doesn't really get old ever and the, the thanksgiving episodes are actually the best yeah like, i watched the thanksgiving the episode i think i watched like uh i think because at my friend's house and i think i watched about Six or seven? Yeah, they're so they're easy. Half they're an they're hour, like right? 20, 20 minutes, minutes, half yeah, an hour, yeah. probably about six, seven of them. Yeah. And then the Thanksgiving one, and then Monica gets something in her eye, and then she goes to the doctor, but she's obviously already seen the doctor, but then yes. the doctor's son. Then she yes. brings the doctor's son home for Thanksgiving, and then she gets with him on the balcony, and she goes, oh my God, that was just like your dad. And I was just like, like I have a very low tolerance to cringe, but I got into it. Because the dad is Richard. Yeah, and yes. it's like they have the same name yes. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, you've got a whole rollercoaster of emotions coming your way, let me tell you. There's but, a lot going like, on. I said this to my best friend and I was like, she was like, how can you not watch Friends? I was like, I think to most people, Friends is what Sex and City is to me. Yeah, you watch that all the time. Like, Harley's the time. Snapchat, for anyone who doesn't have her Snapchat, <laughs> every Friday it will be her re-watching an entire season of Sex and the City. Because it's so good. And anytime you're having like relationship trouble, Carrie's there for you. You don't know what to eat, Carrie's there for you. You're like struggling with like money, Carrie's there for you. Like you, you don't I've... you don't know what to do with like your friends. Neither does she. Like <laughs> you just like live a parallel life. But whereas for me, like I literally talk in friends quotes. And me and my friends at uni, in first year, one of my friends had the boxer, remember when they were a thing? And we like watched all of all of it all the time. And we basically like would just talk in quotes of friends. I can See, quote so many episodes. I haven't actually watched an episode in about a year, but I can quote like so much stuff. And from that me. is me, Sex and City. And I have a go. friend who speaks Sex and City. Who so speaks the language. We, we and my mum speaks the language, so we have like moments nice i feel you but friends is the new thing guys i mean i don't just tell you guys but i mean i think it was there, the new thing in the 90s you're a little late out the there boat. who is doesn't eat runny eggs doesn't eat rare steak and hasn't watched friends at me and we can be we can experience these new things that's a podcast together. in itself like watching friends for the first time i'm yeah. giving you all the ideas yeah, season like, three guys <laughs> tune just, in like, live i just like live stream myself watching friends for the first time ever. honestly i would tune in i think a lot of people would right but after <laughs> the new section of the podcast the one i'm most excited the one about. you're most excited about which we've kind of touched on throughout because that's what the nature of table for two is it's the after dinner tea dun, dun, dun. and the tea is scalding today <laughs> i've already got my cup doff runneth over my cup doff runneth over <laughs> Book of Cardi, chapter <laughs> offset versus Quavo. <laughs> I have already got into some kind of Twitter warfare today. 
I saw this a little earlier. I'm not going to mention it because I don't say the press. Mm. But I'm, oh, the tea, like, <laughs> kettle, yeah. I have put the kettle on me. You have. It's boiling. It's boiling. We're ready to be served. <laughs> Serve it. Right, so throw shade, tea, sip some tea at anything you like. Ooh, okay. What am I going to go for? I think we need, I feel, I think you've done this before a little bit on the podcast, but we need to talk about influencers. Just, just for Foodie a ones or any ones? Um, foodie influencer, influencers in general. Okay. Because that's sort of probably, to be honest, I was actually very unaffected by the whole influencer thing. I don't watch YouTube really. Like I don't, I like on Instagram, I pretty much only follow people I know. So before I started my job, I was very unaffected by the influencer thing. And then now, since I've started, I've had to engage with them to know what's going yeah. on. And now, They set the trends. Yeah. And now I'm just like, oh, like... The thing is, I'm not anti-influencer. I'm anti-influencer who doesn't know what they're doing. A hundred percent. I'm like, anti-influencer who doesn't who doesn't stay in their lane. Yeah. Like, so there's, like, a few people that I follow just in general. So there's a guy called Jordan Bunker who's really good, who I follow for style. Um, he just does like loads of style posts. He's really yeah. into his fashion. He knows that's his thing. He sticks to it. It's all good. He will always disclose when something is sponsored Paid, and all of yeah. that. Um, and there's some, in terms of the food world, I really like KS8 here. He's just always yeah, doing Catherine, fun stuff. Yeah, Catherine liked him. Yeah, he's just got like a fun vibe to him. Yeah. Um, one, of the, one of my friends from the PR sort of world is this guy who has an account called Gourmet Guy who does like loads of cool uh, Instagram shots and stuff. He's like growing at the minute. Um, but like, so I think it's fine like, if it's people who I know know what they're talking about. Yeah. But what I don't like is people who just sort of go and take pictures of burgers or go and take pictures of donuts at a stall and are like, oh my God, food. And like, that's, <laughs> it's just not okay. And then when all people try and say like, oh, the whole health, the clean eating influencer, I can't do that either. I cannot deal with that at all. I was yeah. listening to one the other day about this girl who basically makes like, baked goods but like healthy versions yeah and she's like oh like it's just about being natural and not putting stuff in your body that you shouldn't and like that kind of language i just really really don't like yeah it's i have like, to take a moment right now to plug um eat up by ruby tando which, which is all be, about this yeah. yeah it will be out by the time you hear this it will have come out on february the first i have pre-ordered it so i will have already read it by the time you hear this <laughs> um but yeah she goes into she talks about this basically and talks about the disgusting well i shouldn't i shouldn't shouldn't judge judging but the language that we use surrounding food and yeah. how that affects us and stuff like that so yeah i don't know because like the influencers like i'm not an influencer but i have a foodie account yeah but same <laughs> i don't like but i suppose it's different because i'm not an influencer so it doesn't matter but i think if i had like ten thousand followers and was like i don't know because i think i think when it comes to the influence especially in the food world it's the negative opinions that stand you out. So if you put something up and they're like, don't eat this, this is gross, this is horrible. Yes. Whereas the same way with the blog, like I've never written an entirely bad review. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to review a product the other day and I'll slate it here. It's this like, uh, it's a baking subscription called Baked In. Right. And it's like endorsed or like championed by uh, Michelle Rue. Uh-huh senior who is actually michelle rue jr's uncle not his dad yeah i discovered um <laughs> mind blown mind blown um but it's just like yes yeah, so they, they post you basically perfect little sashes of everything you need to bake something right and you just need to get your like wet so you need to get your milk your eggs whatever uh-huh. and i'm complaining i i didn't like it because i signed i bought one box and they gave me a subscription i didn't pay i didn't ask for that right that really pissed me off but that annoys me when that, you're like automatically opted in yeah so, yeah so like it 
if I wrote badly about that and expect people to care, then I, I would look at myself like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, who cares? That, and that, if I have is... a bad experience, I just don't talk about it. And if you know that, say yes. I've been like, oh, I'm off to, off to, I don't know, Copper Club tonight. Mm. And then I don't, you don't hear anything. You don't know what happened. Like, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> but if I'm being positive about it, and I suppose I expect influencers to do it, but I think when influencers do the opposite, which is like, say this is this is gross. That's what I mean. Like for people and the like vegans. Oh, so the I, vegans. what I can't deal with is can't, I, I've, I, <laughs> the little the little piglets on my Instagram feed. I can't look. Anyone that posts a piglet and is like, how could you eat this? I have to unfollow them. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But I think the thing is, people like Deliciously Ella, like, let's put it on Front Street, Clean It In Alice, all those people. Like, Name that's what I can't deal with, because I'm like, why are you trying to say to people that you eating vegan or whatever Makes you better cured else, your yeah. illness and all of this? Like, when there's no scientific evidence backing that up. But it makes me laugh, though, because so many of them... so Like, I don't argue with the... Uh, I mean, I wouldn't use the words curing the illness. Yeah, it could definitely help aid health, obviously. But I was saying, in general, what you had was a dietary illness. So it did require a change in your diet. Yeah, exactly. What you had was an allergy. So you needed to not put the thing you're allergic to in your body. Don't be acting like, oh, Jesus turned water into wine. Yeah. Like. Exactly. You were like, yeah, okay, I'm I'm allergic to... I shouldn't have dairy. Yeah. I know that. But And people like do... that as well, I think we've discussed before how if you scratch the surface of most influencers, they're already wealthy. And so they're <laughs> able to do what they do and not have jobs. That's why I'm this. not a damn influencer. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. That's where we failed. But um, I have heard as well, allegedly, that that particular influencer, like in her waitress meeting or whatever, about her energy balls or whatever, was just like, I just want to do whatever makes me the most money. And I think that's probably the case for a lot of those people that they're not as invested as they'd have you yeah. believe. And obviously, everyone's got to make some coins. And they don't know good. what to say. because Exactly. There's, Grace... n- there's nothing beneath the yeah. surface. I spoke about this on episode eight, season one with Catherine. And Grace Victory did a documentary called uh, Clean Eating Dirty Habits or Clean Eating Dirty Secrets. The Dirty Truth or something like that. Yeah, some, yeah. some kind of like pun on clean. Yeah, like, yeah. But she went to interview one of these clean eating champions. And literally, like the way they've edited the documentary together, you see... Like, Grace asked the question, and the girl look at Grace and kind of smile, and then look over at the person who's pulling in the puppet strings and be like, what do I say? And then she looks back at Grace and says, oh, um, I can't talk about that. Uh, and it's literally just about the phrasing of, like, so you said something was clean, and you said that it cured this. Like, Grace just asked her a question. Yeah, like, explain that. And she couldn't because she's not even, the, she's not even her own master. That's the thing, it's all rhetoric. Like, there's nothing really beneath... The jargon, do you know what I mean? Mm. But can I tell you my funny influencer story? Go for it. So. Everybody judge him if it's not funny. <laughs> it's not hilarious, you know, it's just like a bit crazy. I went to breakfast with this PR who told me about uh, they had gone to breakfast themselves with an influencer um, at this well known hotel, and they, the influencer basically said there wasn't like enough green stuff on the plate, so they had their breakfast out, ordered more green dishes, not to eat, just for the photograph, obviously, all of that, put some all down. And then obviously she had like a breakfast mimosa or something or a juice, whatever it was. And so she proceeds to go into her handbag, take out a perfectly manicured fake thumbnail, stick it to her thumb, 
take the glass and like take a picture with the thumbnail visible and then put the thumbnail back in her back. And I as was in like, like a fake stick on nail? As in a fake stick on nail, just one. For the thumb? For oh, her to thumb. Hold the to flute. hold the glass, yeah, for the picture. And then takes it off and puts it back in her bag. As someone who takes like a lot of food content, that is genius. This is the thing, like, and I when I heard it, I was like, are you actually serious? And was like, but my mum slates every time my nails are chipped, my mum slates me. But this is the thing, but then I actually <laughs> thought about it and I was like, to be fair, like, she's just that's doing genius. her job very well. Very well. But it was just mad that that's how that's, we live yeah. now and that's not the normality that some people like. I live. mean, I never care about like my actual plate, like one plate of food. But when I look at my Instagram and I'm like, wow, I've been eating beige food for like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but then I don't think that about my feed. I think that about my body. I'm yeah. like, my body has only eaten beige food in like two weeks. It's just been like beige food. Over Christmas, I literally was begging yeah. for pizza, vegetables by eat, the end. Uh, pizza. Christmas, all you eat is beige food. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even Brussels, once they're cooked, they're not as green as... I meat. went to Ireland for New Year's and... Um, Obviously, where we were, yeah, it was a lot of, like, we're out late a lot, so it was a lot of, like, takeaways and just bad food Mm. in general. And by the last day, I was literally, like, craving fruit and veg. And I remember coming home and just eating a banana and being like, I've been waiting for this. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I need nutrition in my body. (laughs) So, influencers are getting the after-dinner tea today. Yeah. I mean, I say the influencers, like, we can deal with them if they know what they're talking about. I have to agree, because in the same... I can't remember what I've already said on this podcast, but at the moment, the ones that I'm sick and tired of hearing about are these wellness ones. Yeah, I agree. The wellness and the self-care. And especially, like, I will never stop saying her name. Ruby Tando is, like... The antithesis of all of that. uh, Yeah, it's, like, linking everything together. And I think it's, like, for some people, it's, like, revolutionary that the way you eat could affect the way you feel. And I'm just, like... What? Like, have, what, what do you think comfort food... What, what? What kind of planet have you been on all this yeah. time? But then at the same time, it's like what you refuse to eat and what you like... Uh, what's the word? Um, when you're controlling your diet and you're like withdraw, Like what you're holding from yourself. Depriving. Also, yeah, dep- yeah. also affects the way you feel. And I think it's like these... these I think the self-care thing of like, eat chocolate, have a bath, have a bath bath. That annoys you too, like self-care is so much more than that, yeah. Not only is it so more than that, but sometimes your self-care is eat a banana. Do you know what I mean? Your self-care that day was to actually eat a banana. Like my self-care today was to eat jammy dodges. (laughs) Like, and I don't think it's self-care. I was literally just listening to my my heart and my heart led me to the kitchen. Right to those jammy dodges. Right to those jammy dodges. So what can I say? But yeah, I'll throw shade at them another time. (laughs) We just have two more things to say. Well, I have two more things to say. I don't know if you want to uh, add to these. Yeah. I'm testing out a new thing. Well, not testing out. Another new like element of the podcast is that I want to highlight Instagram eats. So Ooh. last week's, um, well, last week's last episodes was Palumi Cakes. Palumi Bakes, I think it is actually. Um, and this week, you have a food Instagram account. I do. So... You can be this week's Instagram Eats. Yeah, boy. Which is what Eamon's eating. Yep, it's what Eamon's eating. If you don't know how to spell Eamon, it's E A M O double N. Everyone always Yay-man. gets that wrong. I mean, I'll write, I'll, everything will be in the description anyway. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, you can literally just click down and it should be in the description. If you're on SoundCloud, it will be there as well, but you have to copy and paste it out. Um, so yeah, you're on Instagram Eats this week. So you, I mean, you kind of gathered from the duration of this podcast what you expect to find. Yes. Bougie, bougie food scrambled eggs and runny eggs yeah. and no avocados 
Um, a few avocados. A few avocados. Here and there. Here and there. And then also, we talk a lot about food here, and I would like to include a drink. Just okay. a random thing. So, last week we had a cocktail, but as you mentioned, you don't drink alcohol. I don't. I do not. So, we're going to have a mocktail of the week this week instead of a cocktail of the week. Nice. Good for dry jam as good well. Good for dry jam. I mean, it won't be jam by the time we hear this. Oh, anymore. yeah. I can't believe it's still January. Dry Feb is fine. Dry Feb. Um... And we're literally going to go with something super simple and we're going to have a virgin watermelon margarita. Which... I love watermelon, nice. There we go. So we've got watermelon, uh, agave syrup, because it's very um, trendy, uh, <laughs> lime juice and sparkling water, which you can't hate on because it's going to be in a cocktail. So it's If it's in a cocktail, I can deal. Yeah, it's fizzy, exactly. I can deal with And that. then we're going to have it sweet. So we're going to have sugar around the edge of the glass. Nice, little sugar Boom. room. Boom. Which is great. Um, which actually ties nicely into last week's because last week's was a margarita. So complimentary. Oh. If you do not fancy a virgin watermelon margarita this week, listen back to last week's episode and you can get yourself a full blown salt, delicious tequila alcohol margarita. Alcohol. I love it when people don't know how to drink and they just call it alcohol. <laughs> I'm like, it's not just alcohol. This is the thing that you could give me like a Chardonnay and a Sauvignon Blanc, whatever. I wouldn't know what the what the difference is. I mean, that's different. If you're not a sommelier, then you don't. I don't. I mean, I don't know wine, but I don't know, yeah, no, I don't variations know wine of wine. But I know my tequila from my vodka. I literally watch so many sommeliers' faces just drop when I'm like, I'm really sorry, but I won't be having your wine paired menu. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've had. And they're just like, I've been building up for this moment. I was told <laughs> you were a critic, and now you've just shot me in the face. <laughs> I had a wine paired menu once, and it was literally just like. I think I was with you. You probably were. And then it's just like, I don't understand that like, one minute I'm drinking white, one minute I'm drinking red, one minute I'm drinking sparkling, one minute I'm drinking... Yeah. And then you feel like a sip. It's a pick and mix. It's all like, over. I need a... Okay, can I have a drink with this? Like, <laughs> can you provide a whole glass it's of like a, something? It's, it's like a gulp, isn't it? You, you get a gulp. But then worth. you don't like them and then they take it away and you're like, actually, I was quite enjoying that starters one and I wanted to drink that for the rest of my meal and they're like, oh, but it doesn't go with your main. <laughs> anyway, so there's our cocktail mocktail of the week. That is the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Just like that. Thank you for having Just me. Like that. Everyone always says thank you for having me, like I'm not in their house. Well, this is true. You <laughs> are in the in the crib. I am in the crib. Eamon's crib. I didn't get to tell my restaurant horror story. But it's fine. We don't want to sit on me on the side. Pet of bread sitting next to the side of the door looking fine. Hello, me time. 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 We don't want to sit on me on the side. Pet of bread sitting next to the side of the door looking fine.